At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? Stormy Bon and Tony here with you live from Circa Sportsbook, bringing you my guys in the desert over the next hour. We've got a fun one on tap, and it's a good day to have a good day. I love Thursdays. We've got Thirsty Thursday, College Hoops Pick of the Week, and some great guests coming up as well. Jeff Ulrich of DraftKings. We'll have our girl Danielle Alvari of the L.A. City cast. We can have a duke em out drag em out fight about the L.A. Rams taking on my San Francisco 49ers. My dad is also going to join us in just a few moments. So let's get to our top five, starting with the NFL. NFC and AFC championship injury updates that you need to be aware of going into this weekend's game. Starting with Chiefs Bengals, Chiefs safety Tyron Matthew was back at practice today but has yet to clear the concussion protocol. As for the 49ers Rams game, wide receiver Van Jefferson returned to practice for LA in a limited capacity as did nose tackle Greg Gaines. Andrew Whitworth also expected to return after missing the divisional round for San Francisco. Running back Elijah Mitchell returned to practice today getting in a limited session as did fellow back Jeff Wilson. The worrisome news here however left tackle Trent Williams still did not practice again Thursday but Kyle Shanahan did did say yesterday both he and Williams expect that he will be ready to play come Sunday. Big Ben Roethlisberger officially called it a career in a Twitter announcement earlier today after 18 years as a starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The former 11th overall pick in 2004 was a two-time Super Bowl champ, two-time passing yards later, six-time Pro Bowler, many more accolades. But now that it's not just riding on the wall, but an official retirement, what's next for Pittsburgh at the position? They've got the 20th overall pick in this year's draft. Many suggesting they should potentially trade up for Pitt product. Kenny Pickett, he's at 9-1 to at online books. Mason Rudolph, who's currently under contract through 2022, the favorite to be the guy. Derek Carr at 7-1 to odds. Jimmy G, 15-2. Jameis Winston, 9-1 as well. Dwayne Haskins there, 10-1. to Those round out your top five. Pittsburgh among the longer shots to win next year's Super Bowl at 50-1. to And of course, we all know those rumors about Mike Tomlin throughout the course of this season. What is the Steelers' future? Speaking of head coaches and head coaching gigs, there are some new vacancies that have been filled. The Broncos have hired Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett to be the new head man after the hire. Denver went from 35 to 1 to 18 to 1 to win the title next year. Rumors also swirling, of course, that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams would like to reunite potentially at mile high. Keep an eye on those rumors and news. The Chicago Bears also found Matt Nagy's replacement, hiring former Colts DC Matt Eberflus. The Bears remain 65 to 1 to win the title next year, even after the hire. Also, Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn. He's staying put in Dallas for at least the 2022 season. Quinn was seen as a finalist for both of those aforementioned jobs, but they moved on after he passed. Two games in the NBA to preview tonight. Lakers headed to take on the 76ers for the first time this year. Lakers fresh off a win and cover as four-point road dogs against the Nets the other day. That line moving, however, from two and a half 
after news this morning came out that LeBron James would be questionable with knee soreness. James hasn't missed a game since late November. He's been averaging 30 points per game, shooting 54% from the floor his last 25 games despite that abdominal injury. So a major loss, but Anthony Davis, however, probable to play his second straight game. As for the 76ers, they'll be without Seth Curry and Shake Milton, but Danny Green expected to return 70% of the handle here on the favorite. The majority of betters also taken that over 218 and a half. I believe that's actually at 217 right now. Also in action tonight, the Timberwolves and Warriors go head to head. Golden State six point home favorites, total 228 and a half. The Warriors got the win, the first matchup by 13 back in November, but got crushed 119 to one to 99. Excuse me, 11 days ago by Minnesota. They were, however, without Steph Curry that night. Steph's in. Clay Thompson expected to be in, but Andre Iguodala and Draymond Green both out. Minnesota's Patrick Beverly expected to be held out as well. And it's all Warriors getting the handle and bets. Most also grabbing the over and the trends at least agree. Minnesota 0-4 ATS their last four meetings in Golden State. And the over has cashed their last five straight meetings. Time to move on as we bring in my dad, Rich Tony, to the program. The famous... The famous author and better of Get Rich with Rich. How are you today? I'm still struggling, baby. Hi, honey. Love you, but <laughs> I'm still struggling after our Titans lost the way that uh, how can you be on the right side? Better team, better line, better D, and you get the loss like that. That was just flipping devastating. I, I, I guess the better quarterback won. Mr. Burrow was incredible, and I'm still recovering. My, my wallet is a little bit lighter, darling. <laughs> Get rich with Rich, suffering its second loss of the segment. But overall, still six wins, riding strong. We'll see if we can carry that some positive vibes into this weekend. But the tough thing, it's funny you mentioned that, though, the way that you put that, that you can have everything right. I just had a conversation earlier about how frustrating it can be when everything you said happened to a T and you still don't end up on the right side. Devastating. I mean, it's not as devastating as the bills lost because if you had the bills get a couple, Oh, that was, that, that was what the, the city of Buffalo. I feel horrible for it. But if you watch the Titans game and the way that the line play was, it, it was just Tanny. It was just Tanny Hill. I mean, if they play 10 times, the Titans win easily eight of them. And it's just, it's just devastating. I mean, Vrabel, Vrabel must want to, I don't want to say want to kill himself. That's a little, a little drastic, but uh, boy, oh boy, that, that was a tough loss to see the, the, the way that they treated Burrow like that. Yeah, and for Tannehill, it's not just that it was three picks, but like the timing of the picks, the first pass of the first half, you know, the final pass of the game, these moments where you can't have those issues, that's when he had them. Real quickly, the, the, the game is seven minutes to go. They're at the 35-yard line, third and one, driving to win it all, and they they didn't do a sneak. They did an option. I mean, they had it in their hands to still win the game and cover and did what they did. So I guess you get what, you don't get what you want. You get what you deserve. Well, you mentioned Joe Burrow getting beat up, sacked nine times that game. Um, he's going to go up against a Chiefs team this week with, with Chris Jones coming for him on that right side. You know they will be. What's your expectation for this Chiefs Bengals well, game, and will they get to Burrow again? Well, here you go. The Chiefs have a, a good defensive line, but they have a brutal secondary. So, will it be the same thing as last time? I mean, these games are so hard to pick. I mean, I mean, that's why I hate even having a, a to, to make a pick because I'll do it with my own money, not with anybody else's. But it's going to be: can that secondary hold up? Because with if Matthew is is out, Sorensen's back there. I mean, they're 
it, it could get ugly. They could just run free again like they did the last time when they played in Cincinnati. Oh, my thing is it's just so hard to replicate what Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow did that day. I don't know if they'll be able to do close to what they did again, but that's why they play the games. We'll see. The opinion I really need to get from you, though, is, of course, on the NFC Championship. So, 49ers <laughs> taking on the Rams. Can they get the three-peat? Please tell me your get-rich-with-rich rich pick uh, is what I, I'm thinking well, it is. Yes, well, of course. listen, I didn't want to do this, but I'm so biased, so take it for what it's worth. The one way that the Niners can win this game is a scary stat. The Rams have never lost if Cooper Cup has 125 receiving yards. So if they can do that, that's going to be one of the big keys about not letting him get 125 receiving yards. You know, I know how you like your stats, so I got to do a couple of them, but how lucky the Rams were. Did you know they were the first team in NFL history to lose four fumbles and have a 20-point lead and still and blow it and still win? It's crazy. But see, they don't always overcome it. Exhibit A, week 18 against the 49ers. They, this is my thing. The Rams shouldn't be in this position whatsoever. They should have knocked the 49ers out week 18, don't not even have to worry oh. about this because they had a 17 nothing lead at halftime and let it slip away. And now we've seen them do that two of their last three games. You're so right. I got one for you that I really liked a lot. And people are going under on Jimmy G. His, his, everybody's uh, his, uh, going under run. on Jimmy G. That number has taken a dive because everybody's betting under. As it gets lower, just listen to this really quickly. He has exceeded it nine out of 15 games this year, but he's 0-5 in the playoffs but he has thrown for over 233 yards five out of the six times against the Rams. The conditions are going to be perfect in SoFi. I mean, it's like, and I'm biased once again. I mean, you know, I have a futures on them at plus 2,500 because I did it when they were three and five. There was some funeral that was being thrown. And, and, uh, and I said, oh my God, this is the perfect time to get on it. If people are going to go ahead and have a funeral for the 49ers. So I'm very biased because I like them money line. I like them on uh, the plus the points. I, I like them every way that you can get them. And I have them in a future. So always with form. the funerals, always with the funerals. <laughs> um, no, I'm I agree kidding. with I'm you. Kidding. I bet, I bet the money line, I bet them three and a half. I was really surprised, honestly, that that didn't get bet down to just the three. You can still get the hook. I don't know how long that'll last, but um, I love it. And for me, the big thing that the games with the Rams have come down to in the two meetings this year, um, and they had the issue last week against Tampa Bay as well, is turnovers and physicality. They had four turnovers last game. They had two in both games against San Francisco earlier this year, and they haven't been able to exceed or match the physicality that San Francisco has come with for an entire game. Storm, it's bully ball. If it's bully ball, we're going to win. If it's bully ball, we win. And here's one for don't you. Don't let the them Rams play finesse, and don't let Cooper Cup have more than 125 yards. Simple as that. There you go. How about this one? The Rams are 8-0 and when Stafford doesn't throw a pick, but the 49ers are also 7-0 and when he doesn't throw a pick. So, and anyway, how about one more thing? If they go to overtime, why can't they just make it where it's a 10-minute quarter where both teams can get the ball or whatever? A 10-minute quarter. I don't know. I know there's player safety, but a 10-minute quarter makes sense for everybody, doesn't it? I love that because you didn't even bet the Bills. You bet the Chiefs. You won. You're fine, and you still agree. So I'm with you there, no question. I got to let you go, but thank you for coming on. You're the best. 
I did not want to because it's so biased. Go Niners. Go Niners. I love you. I love you. And I'll see you soon. Love you too. Does he love me or does he love San Francisco? That's the question. Uh, if, remember, everybody, if you did miss any part of today's show or any show on the VEASAN schedule today or any day, you can check us out with our free sports betting podcast, replays of every single show where you can download and listen on your own schedule at VEASAN.com or, like I said, wherever you get your podcast. You get my guys in the desert beating the book with Gil Alexander. Market Insights with Josh Applebaum, Hardwood Handicappers, the list goes on and on again. That's Beeson.com slash podcast. When we come back, be better. And Jeff Ulrich joins the show. Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to My Guys in the Desert. This segment brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge, no leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, they're spit-free, and available in 10 different varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and more. Plus, for your convenience, every variety comes in two strengths, so you can also find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch and available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, so it's never been easier to find your Zin. Head on over to Zin.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's ZYN.com slash F-I-N-D. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Rolling along here live from downtown Las Vegas, it's time for Be Better, where every week around this time, I challenge a couple people, team, whatever it is, to step their game up. You gotta be better. And we're starting with the Edmonton Oilers because I'm tired of it, fellas. You started the year 16-5, and five, have lost 13-17 since. They're one of the least profitable teams in the league against the spread 14 and 24 and have cashed just 30 percent of money line bets over their last 10 but they have won back-to-back games Connor McDavid you ended an eight game goal scoring drought against Vancouver Tuesday we all know what you and Leon Dreisaitl can do plus you've got the return of all-purpose forward Bryant Nugent Hopkins returning to the lineup so be better You've got an upcoming stretch that could be favorable for you, but it starts with Nashville tonight. McDavid, by the way, still favored to win the Hart Trophy, despite how rough that they have been at plus 200. Speaking of MVP favorites, Steph Curry. I thought we had an understanding. You're not supposed to be human, my man. I get that your team is still second in the league right now, but offensively, outside of the top 10 in efficiency, and Curry, 13 and 18 points the last two games, going 1 and 13 and 2 and 10 from 3 over the last 10 games. His three-point percentage is the second lowest of his career, and he's been below 40% now 19 straight games. Be better against the Timberwolves tonight, especially since Minnesota stomped your boys without you on the floor last time. Bengals offensive line, come on. You may have clawed out that divisional win we talked about against the Titans, but you let Joe Burrow get hit nine times. You cannot have that happen against a Chiefs team, especially considering your right side is weak. That pass rusher Chris Jones on the other end lines up on the right side for 60% of his snaps. Last one here. I'm challenging the Los Angeles Rams to similar to how I challenged the Cowboys and Packers to be worse. How about you just be the same, L.A.? Go seven for seven, losing to the 49ers. Trip to the Super Bowl on the line. Just be the same. Just do what you've been doing. I think that would be great. Um, Time to welcome in good friend of the show, Jeff Ulrich, DraftKings betting and fantasy analyst at the Fantasy Grind on Twitter. Jeff, you would like that too, right? The Rams, just be the same. Just do what you've been doing against San Francisco. 
Yeah, I would definitely like it if the Rams could just continue doing that for one more game, at least, uh, you know, in the Sean McVay era. That would be great this week. I was trying not to, like, totally be biased there. In my, I mean, obviously I was, but that makes me believe that you are on the 49ers this week as well, and I'm not alone. You might yes. be the first guest I've had this week that's going with the underdog. Tell me why. That, that's interesting to me. I mean, it just kind of speaks to, I feel like people just do not want to buy into the San Francisco team. And I think it's just got a lot to do with their quarterback. Like people just think Jimmy Garoppolo stinks and like that he deserves no credit and, and that San Francisco as a result is a bad team. And I don't think any of that is true. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo has been bad. That's true. But one bad game doesn't necessarily make a bad quarterback, doesn't make a bad team. Let's not forget Matthew Stafford threw a ton of interceptions this year. He went through a really rough stretch too. The bottom line is three and a half. I think it's too big a number. This is basically a neutral game, Stormy. I mean, you're going to have a ton of San Francisco fans. The last time they played in L.A., the stands were full of them. Uh, and, and again, you're, you're basically telling me that the 49ers and the Rams, you know, the Rams are the better team by a lot. I just don't think that's the case. You've got a really good D-line here. You've also got a team in San Francisco, man. They are really good at covering on the road. Kyle Shanahan since 2017, eight and nine ATS as the away underdog with the mm -hmm. San Francisco 49ers. I think this sets up really, really well for the 49ers to at least have a close game. You know, the Rams, they got a lot of talent as well, but everything that uh, that the Rams do, that the, the 49ers have a good counter for, they don't blitz a ton. Uh, they can get pressure without blitzing with Nick Bosa. And you've just seen that Kyle Shanahan has been a master at uh, outfoxing McVay, even when he's had a guy like Nick Mullins at quarterback, six and over McVay straight up over the last three years. I think you're getting really good value at three and a half. Thank you. Finally, somebody giving me some support and a great <laughs> argument as well. I love it. Um, anything on the prop front that you've been keying in on for the NFC matchup? Yeah, the NFC matchup is, you know, I don't love a ton of the props here because I think there's so many variables with how this game could go just in terms of usage. I mean, you could certainly just continue to to, to touch the the overs on on like Cooper Cup, but you know, a little bit of interest in taking some of the overs with Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe in a completions, but you know, there's so many ways again, like if San Francisco gets a lead here, you're probably not going to get there with, with Garoppolo and, and, and on the other side, like I don't necessarily want to take the overs on Stafford either. So maybe a take an under on the passing totals. Honestly, my favorite prop in this game is probably to go over Matthew Stafford, 2.5 rushing yards. And it sounds so <laughs> ridiculous and, and it's so low, but He's he, you've seen him rush the ball in both the, the playoff games. He, he's just been a little bit quicker to take those free yards. The Rams do spread things out a little bit like the Chiefs. He had he's got 10 rush attempts over the last uh, two playoff games. I like this one. I, I just don't think the books have quite clued in that Stafford's running a little bit more. They got that open offense and this is probably going to be a close game and there's probably going to be opportunities. So no, I, I yeah, give me the over on Matthew Stafford. I love that over two and a half. I'm looking at the, those playoff yards. He had six against Tampa and 22 wildcard weekend. I'm loving it. I'm rolling with it. As for the AFC matchup, Bengals and Chiefs, when you look at this game, obviously the public's going to be all over Kansas City. They're all over the over in this game. When you looked up at the matchup, did you automatically have a, a side that you liked or a way you were going to go on the total? Or what was your approach to betting this game when you looked at it? Yeah, so this like I think this line is 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 more what you just say correct. Like I'm not as interested in betting the spread in this game. Um, I think this is a decent game for a teaser though. I I have a, I still have a lot of respect for the Bengals. I, it's not that I don't think they can cover the seven or anything, or that it's it's like wild to think that Cincinnati even wins this game. It's just that you know it's it's still a tough playoff spot. I think we have a little bit more variables here 
with a younger quarterback and, and a team that allowed nine sacks last week. And I think that's the big thing. Like this game could get out of hand for the Bengals. I like teasing this game with the 49ers. Again, I'm really big on the 49ers. So I don't even know if you need to tease them past seven points, but you certainly can. I know I threw out a, a bet to you, like a, a teaser of San Francisco plus 10, the Bengals plus 17. You, you push those two together on the DraftKings Sportsbook. You can still get minus 130. And look, if you want less juice, just tease San Francisco up to plus seven. That's the way I like approaching this game. I do think the Bengals can make a game of it. I just think there's more variables with this one. And I think ultimately, you know, if you ask me to pick a team, I'm, I'm going to pick the, the, the Chiefs to win straight up. But I think there's a lot of ways the Cincinnati Bengals can make this game um, really, really interesting, potentially even pull off the upset. And I think they're a good teaser target mm -hmm. because you can tease them up to, you know, plus 10, plus 17 if you want to. So, you know, I'm, I'm not kind of staying off the, um, the, the spread for this one. I do like some player props more in this game, though. I think there's better yardage totals and uh, things like that to attack. Okay, well, give them to me. I know, like, at least specifically <laughs> one thing I really like to bet, um, especially yeah. in these games as you get more down, is, like, anytime touchdown score, first touchdown score. But if there's any props, yardage, yeah. touchdowns, give them to me. What you got? Absolutely. So let's go to the touchdown one first, because, I mean, we all love touchdowns, right? The Cincinnati Bengals, what do they do good? What do they do bad? Well, they're really bad at covering in the middle of the field. You know, fourth most reception allowed to opposing tight ends, just all metrics. They actually didn't allow that many touchdowns, but I think that's more just the touchdown luck factor. I like Travis Kelsey for a first touchdown option here, plus 650. Those are big odds. Kelsey has had a really good conversion rate with Patrick Mahomes towards the end of the year. They were really clicking. They had that really rough spot at the start of the year, but the conversion rate between Kelsey and Mahomes, they've been really, really on sync and really good defense to attack here. So if you're looking for a first touchdown score, give me Travis Kelsey. And this, my favorite prop, my favorite player prop of the week is Clyde Edwards-Alaire over 37.5 rush yards. I do not know why this one is so low. He only got nine carries last week, but he looked terrific. Average over eight yards per carry. And the Bengals rush defense, like I said, you can get the Bengals in the middle of the field. They've been good on the outsides with the corners in the middle of the field. Defensive line, not so good lately, allowing over five yards per rush attempt over their last three games. I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is easy over target at 37 and a half. Love that when you can find something where you just feel like the book is off. You're like, how am I getting so lucky with this number? Great call. And as for Travis Kelsey, just because you mentioned that lull, Kelsey had nine touchdowns in the regular season. Four of them came the last three weeks of the season, and he's got two this postseason as well. So great to keep that of note. Something I love with you is that, like me, I'm a hockey gal. You're a hockey guy. Uh, I've got about a minute left with you. Any hockey plays that you like tonight? Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple you can uh, you can take a look at on the DraftKings Sportsbook. I really like going to the Islanders tonight. Um, they're at home. They've you know they're they're five and two over the last little bit. I know the Islanders went through that terrible stretch, but they're playing a Kings team who's lost four of their last five games as well. And the Kings have been really bad on the road. They don't have good special teams. They're converting like 12 percent on their power play. So I think the Islanders keep rolling here. That line actually has moved, I think, to 130. And then the other team I'm looking at, the Jets at home to cover the puck line. Minus one and a half against Canucks. They're starting third stringers. Plus 145 for the Jets. They've been a good home team. Had some unlucky losses late. I think they bounced back here. I like that those odds a lot on the puck line with the Jets. That's bold. I love puck line bets, though. Thank you so much, Jeff. You're <laughs> awesome. Appreciate the time, and good luck with your bets tonight and this weekend. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. That's Jeff Ulrich over at DraftKings at the Fantasy Grind on Twitter. Canucks lost three straight and six of their last eight. So if you like the Jets, jump on it. When we come back, Thirsty Thursday and Danielle Alvari and I argue about L.A.
You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hunt down a win with the football showdown series presented by Amazon Prime Video's Reacher. Play free fantasy football during the playoffs and fight for your share of 20K in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Jack Reacher now to get in on the action. Terms and eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Rolling along here on My Guys in the Desert. I'm Stormy Bonantoni, and it's time for Thirsty Thursday, our college hoops pick of the week. Um, pick of the day, really. And every dog has its day, as they say. And tonight, I'm rolling with the dog. Middle Tennessee State headed down to Marshall to take on the Thundering Herd. And I love them. Plus two and a half. And I love a money line. Plus 20 as well. This is a game I'm so excited about. I will be both stunned and devastated if it doesn't go my way. Marshall, who was supposed to contend this year for a Conference USA title, has been awful. Yet to win a game in league play. 7-12 and 12 on the year, writing a nine-game losing streak. And they've lost by an average of 12 points per game in that span. 0-4-1 ATS their last five games at home, 3-12-2 against the spread for the year. And I think this game has it where Middle Tennessee is getting points because they're on the road in series history. Marshall has dominated Middle Tennessee historically over their last, let's say, six games. They got crushed last year. But Middle Tennessee, who was not expected to be good at all this year, has been not only good but very profitable. 6-1-1 against the number their last eight road games, 12-3-1 against the spread on the year. And they're getting it done with defense, allowing just 64.5 points per game. They're 88th in adjusted efficiency, 32nd in the country with 8.8 steals per game, 60th with 4.4 blocks. I think you're getting the better team plus the points. I'm so excited for this game that, like I said, I will be extraordinarily frustrated if this doesn't work out. Middle Tennessee State! Let's go, Blue Raiders. Drink all the vodka Gatorade with the dog cup today. Time to bring in Vicen's Danielle Alvari, host of the LA City Cast, um, who I'm sure does not care at all about how Middle Tennessee State is doing tonight, considering the uh, UCLA Bruins are back in action. What's going on, Danielle? We didn't even plan this, by the way. We didn't mean to match. We're twins. Well, I was wearing this for the 49ers. Are you? Uh, mine's more of like an <laughs> orange red. Okay. So just to be clear, Dang you know, it. I don't really rock red very often. No, I know. Well, before we talk about that NFC championship game, which I know we'll probably have a Duke them out, drag them out battle here momentarily, but let's talk some college hoops first because your Bruins are riding pretty high after that big win over Arizona. They're big favorites again tonight um, against Cal, who recently got crushed by Arizona. UCLA crushes them. How do you like their chances tonight to cover the big number? I think it's a 15 and a half. Yeah, 15 and a half, even 16 in some spots. This is a really big spread. And obviously UCLA should be able to cover it versus a team like Cal. Cal has one of the worst offenses in the Pac-12 right now. And can I just say, what is it that everybody has against celebrating? Because after UCLA beat Arizona on Tuesday night, I mean, Arizona fans, even even critics, I think Jim Root from Three Man Weave, I was going back and forth with him on Twitter, just giving me such a hard time, like, ah, this game didn't mean much. Arizona shot really poorly, not really giving UCLA their flowers for this one because it was an incredible execution of a game for them. It really was. Like, from start to finish, they did exactly what they needed to do. It's the kind of thing that you would expect from a more experienced team, uh, one that's gone from the first four to the final four. So I just want to say, I think that you should give UCLA a little moment to celebrate, even though they have to face Arizona in a week at this point now again in Arizona. So we'll see how that one goes. But as far as this Cal game, it's a double digit spread. UCLA has actually not been great ATS. I think before the Arizona game, they were one in six ATS in their last seven. Uh, so covering the other night was actually their first cover in a while. 
Um, I'd rather look at the under for this game under 130 and a half. UCLA held Cal to 52 points last time. Their offense is not their strong suit in their three games since UCLA beat them. 55 points versus Washington, 57 versus Washington State, and then scored 71 versus Arizona, but shot 35%. So for me, probably looking at more of an under for this UCLA Cal game. How different do you feel this UCLA team is since the loss to Gonzaga? I know that they did lose another game to Oregon in overtime since then, but it feels like they've just got a different vibe to them. Like a lot of people consider Arizona to be like a Gonzaga, like a Baylor right now, and to get that upset in the fashion that you guys did, how different does this team look right now? Well, so what's interesting is we know that you, Gonzaga, for example, is in the WCC, and Mark Few knows that his guys have to be ready for that first game because they will get punched in the mouth. Otherwise, they load that front schedule because the WCC is just not as challenging as who they play at the start of the season. So in contrast, UCLA and most other teams, I don't think are where the Gonzaga is at the start of a season. That said, Gonzaga is just going to get scarier. Chet Holmgren getting a whole season under his belt is going to be terrifying by March. Uh, but UCLA, I think, has come a long way since that loss. I think they're starting to kind of settle into what works well for them. Um, because that was kind of a weird aberration for them. But, I mean, also, how good is Gonzaga right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I, I did want to talk about the number 15 Trojans real quickly as well. They're taking on Stanford, who they oddly enough lost to not too long ago, 75-69. Um, Trojans, that game were, I mean, sorry, uh, excuse me, Stanford had a myriad of COVID issues. It was weird coming into that game after so much time off that they would have that success. How do you like them in the rematch? So Stanford's kind of my wild card team in the Pac-12 right now. They're not at the top, but they're not really at the bottom. And on any given night, they could beat a good team. So that's the reason I don't want to uh, bet on this game specifically tonight, because I'm not betting on Stanford to play well, and I don't know if they're going to play poorly. I think USC is going to be upset that Stanford handed them their first loss this season, like you said, not too long ago. Um, so I do think that USC should be able to cover. They've had three straight wins and covers since they hosted Oregon and lost. U UCLA actually both lost to Oregon. Uh, but they've had three wins, three covers since then. They did play really easy teams. They're coming off playing ASU. They won 78 to 56. Um, and they were 12-point favorites in that. So they're certainly capable of covering a spread like this one tonight. Um, but because Stanford has so much variability, it's not really a game that I want to get in on. Yeah, no doubt. They're currently fifth in the Pac-12 standings. But on any given night, they can play much better. Uh, okay, like I said, as promised, time to talk about this NFC championship game my team versus yours I had joked about the red but you've obviously got the Aaron Donald poster right behind you as well um, obviously you're on the Rams side in this one but convince me why they're going to get the win well so the Rams are the better team for me here they're the more complete team they have more weapons that said they just haven't figured out this 49ers team, right? And also, I have to comment, too. I think it's pretty funny that the Rams are my team, but I'm from the Bay Area, apparently. <laughs> and you're <laughs> from Las Vegas, but the 49ers are your team. We're doing our thing. We're we doing are. our thing. We're doing our thing. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, I I do think that I'm going to side with the Rams on this one. It's tough because three and a half is not a number that I love. I almost want to bet this one in-game for that exact reason. Um, it'll be interesting, though, because I think for the Rams to win this, they have to do their patent and get out early in the first half kind of situation. So maybe there won't be a better number to get in on them, but maybe there will be a good side on the 49ers here, more than three and a half. Um, I think that if there was a team left in the playoffs who the Rams did not want to see, it was this 49ers team. And so I was hoping I was not going to have to handicap another one of these Rams 49ers games because it's just really tough, especially with Jimmy G right now. They said his shoulders finally off the injury report today, but 
if you remember, he injured his shoulder trying to avoid falling on what his fractured finger. So I still don't know where his health is at. Maybe that's where you look at an under on his props, because I think that the 49ers know that they have to win this game with their defense and on the ground. That said, it's two really good defenses versus each other for me in this game. Um, and I think that the Rams offense is just a little bit in a better position to score than the 49ers, as we saw versus the Packers, even with the snow. Uh, so I think that the Rams have the offensive edge and the defense you could say is a toss up. So that's why I think the Rams can get this done. Yeah, health is definitely not on the side of San Francisco, especially with Trent Williams still not practicing yet. Uh, we saw that news earlier today, but because you mentioned it being the, the third meeting and you hoping you weren't going to have to handicap um, a, another one of these games, it has just been crazy for whatever reason that San Francisco's had their number. You don't see those types of trends very often with such competitive teams and rivalries. Are there any props you like, though? You mentioned maybe some unders. Um, but what do you think about some props in the NFC championship? Maybe under on Jimmy G. I think he's sitting at 222 and a half for his passing yards. So something like that. A fun prop I've been betting for the last couple of weeks is kind of pairing up touchdowns to happen. So instead of just an anytime touchdown for one player doing it for two, um, it didn't capture me last week, but it did the week before. So it's kind of a fun one. Usually you can get odds at two to one or three to one. Something like that would be fun to look at. For me, it would be something like Debo Samuel to score a touchdown. The Rams have had no answer for him in the last two games. I mean, just recently, 140 total yards, plus a rushing touchdown, plus a touchdown he passed. So I don't know if that counts in his touchdown scoring, but probably not. Uh, but yeah, for me, something like Debo Samuel and like Cooper Cup or even OBJ, because the Rams have really been utilizing him lately. It's funny you say that for any time. I, one of my favorite things to do and I do it for all the primetime games is I do first touchdown score for both teams and because you know you get the bigger payout on have it you hit it before work. many times honestly many times one of them being an OBJ Rams first touchdown thanks so, for the invite Swami. there you go you gotta listen more to my guys I'm telling you uh before we let I'm you not go following your Twitter closely enough. <laughs> before we let you go um we got about 45 seconds here but Bengals Chiefs any lean total feeling I think we all like the over in this one right but it's gotten so high so I don't know but um Lakers Sixers tonight should hey. be interesting. That's he, all I have to say. We'll okay. see. Should be interesting. We'll see if LeBron does go. Follow I know Twitter. he's questionable as of right now. Thank you, Danielle. You're awesome. Thanks, Stormy. Make sure you check out Danielle on the LA CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Always great local LA-centric content. She's got Lakers. She's got Rams. She's got UCLA, USC. Anything you can think of, she's got it covered on the LA CityCast. When we come back, the head honchos here at Circa Mike Palm. Derek Stevens joined me in studio. You won't want to miss it. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure VEASAN is a part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout all of the NFL playoffs. Then championship weekend, 56 hours of free video coverage on VEASAN.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game BetCast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join our betting experts before, during, and after the action right here on VEASAN.com. Welcome back into our VEASAN studio live at Circus Sportsbook. We're joined on set by the head honchos here at Circus owner and CEO Derek Stevens, VP of operations, Mike Palm, also host of Odds On here on VEASAN. Um, fellas, we've been talking with experts all throughout the day about championship weekend coming up, but I, nobody's more in tuned to what's going on right now in the NFC and AFC than you two in terms of the money, in terms of the games themselves. So Derek, let's just start there with championship weekend coming up. Who's getting bet? 
Well, I mean, right now, uh, I'm going to hand this one over to Mike because Mike had a long, you, oh. you had a long dissertation this morning. We're about to let you go, but the three and a half. On which show? On which of the three Yeah, which of the three. But uh, three and a half is a big number. I'll tell you what, yeah. we don't want to go to a three and we don't want to go to a four. <laughs> Mike, why don't you explain why to this I, listening I, audience? You're, I know you're a 49ers fan, but I think we're. You see the red? Yeah, I think, I, I just believe in my heart of hearts that we're going to, we're going to need the Rams on, on Sunday. I just. You beat a team six straight times. They've played so well. There's no home field advantage there. There'll be more 49er fans at SoFi than there'll be. They can say only certain counties can buy. The ticket brokers have all the tickets, yeah. and they're selling them to the 49ers fans. So they had to go. Rams had to go to silent count last game, week 18, with everybody filling proud, the stands. Proud, aren't you? It was, a, very, it was a beautiful sight. Very proud. But that surprises <laughs> me still, though, just because I feel like the arguments that I keep on hearing from everybody is it's so hard to beat a team Three times. Only if you say times, that before the but... first game. Only if you say that before the first game of the seven. If, I mean, if I said to Derek, you know, what I are agree. what, what are the odds the that I'm going to flip this coin heads the next seven times? If I say it to him before the first flip, the odds are dramatically different than after the six heads. It's 50-50 for the last one. So I, I don't buy that. And I think that the 49ers make the Rams do things their defense doesn't want to do. You know what I mean? They With their motion and their running game, they get the Rams out of their defense. And, they, you know, they're not that successful at putting that pressure on. They, You know, they want to rush and have their corners play. But this is more about linebackers when you have a running game and a motion running game like this. Uh, I, I think it's going to be an epic NFC championship game that's decided by a field goal. I don't know which way. So I think people are inclined to take the three and a half. That's, I mean... I love it. I am, but I feel like everybody that comes on my show keeps on telling me that it's all Rams. What about Chiefs? I'm assuming all Chiefs, Derek. Well, I think uh, I think by the time the game goes, um, that's certainly what we're going to see. Yeah. Clearly, the Chiefs is going to be the number one team teased this weekend for, for sure. But I'll tell you, we uh, we we have a lot of reluctance to move off the number um, three and a half. You know, if it goes to four, it goes to three. With the volume we're going to see this weekend. You know, a book opens itself up to get cited, and, uh, and that's really the biggest concern. On seven, I mean, think about what happens. It goes to six and a half, boom, you're going to get buyback. You know, you, you go to the, seven and a half, boom. boom. Yeah, same seven thing. and a half is probably the most dangerous of, uh, of all. But, but I mean, that, that these numbers uh, with the volume that we're going to see is is going to be pretty pretty amazing. So we, the, our goal is not to move off the number. Currently, the three and a half with a, a one fifteen juice on the favorite right now. So. I know we go to a 120 before we'd ever have to go to a four. So I know you guys are going to do it up big for championship weekend like you always do. And don't kill me for wanting to look ahead. But I got an email earlier today talking about getting your spot at Stadium Swim for the Super Bowl and all the packages that are available and all that stuff. So I got super excited about what's to come in a couple of weeks. What's that like for you guys on this side of things, like planning what's to come? Well, we've been planning these parties since last year's Super Bowl, so <laughs> we got a lot of parties. We've got our uh, our VIP party at our warehouse here. We've got a VIP party up at Legacy Club. We've got a party at the Detroit Ballroom at the D. We got a party at Bar Canada at the D. Um, we're doing something obviously here in our sports book, and then and yeah, Stadium Swims its own uh, its own animal. I could tell you. Uh, so we're we're pacing exactly where we want to. There's still some availability. We didn't want to sell it out too early because we know a lot of people don't make decisions until they know what the two teams are. So our, our, our people are ready to pick up the phones on Monday. 
you know, once you get down to, you know, the matchup. So historically, we've always seen it that the Monday after Championship Sunday, that's when the phone calls and that's when the emails start coming in. So we're prepared in a lot of, in a lot of ways. I mean, when you think about some of the things you got to coordinate, um, uh, a record amount of ice, record amount of ice. We've never had to pur- purchase this amount. We're looking at bringing in about sixty to 70,000 pounds of ice. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, but all the little plastic cups, the big, big, big bottles of beer. We'll go yeah, through a record amount of beer. The ice and, is a logistical nightmare. <laughs> uh, seriously. No, how heavy is it? Really? Yeah. Ice, ice. <laughs> we're going to spend twenty-five grand on ice and get it the right place, the right time. Can't melt. That's oh crazy. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just water. It's just frozen water. All it is. That's insane. Frozen water is very expensive compared to tap water. I do not envy the person whose job it is to like have the spreadsheets and have all your listed out of like how many pounds and purchases of ice, beer, this ingredient, this ingredient. Crazy. But there's, you know, there's spreadsheets of product and spreadsheets of people too. Maintaining the list for the different parties is, it's also a moving target and people are on wait lists for one or the other. And I know Derek's a gaming guy and he really doesn't ever like to talk about food and beverage or entertainment, but there's also a small party at the downtown Las Vegas event center that you might not have mentioned. That's true. That'll what, be, we, what are we gonna get over there? 8,000, 8, that'll be the biggest big people. game bash. It'll be the biggest, <laughs> uh, biggest so, party. I was super jealous because two years ago when you guys did the downtown event center one, I was working for the Golden Knights at the time and I was in Tampa having to watch the, I guess it was more than two. Yeah, no, two years ago. Um, I was watching the 49ers lose to the Chiefs at a bar around people that were all rooting for the Chiefs. And it was very, very sad. Well, my boyfriend and all of his friends had like a 49ers <laughs> section at the downtown <laughs> event center. Obviously that game didn't go our way either way, but I would have rather been around my constituents at the party. Yeah, that'll be a that'll be a monster for people that have seen pictures of this thing. It's uh, so cool. The biggest big game bash is something. So you're outside, tailgate atmosphere, and uh, yeah, the volume, the the consumption. I mean, we we had to talk about we had to do Vegas, we, had, baby. we had to take we had to do estimates today on the number amount of amount of seconds every male is in is in a bathroom, every female is in a bathroom. Yeah, it is unbelievable mm. because ice and beer has to go somewhere, and and you have to think about the spreadsheets on this. It's crazy. You guys need to get a camera in these meeting rooms and have it like the office style, do interviews with people <laughs> separate afterwards. Um, in terms of uh, the sportsbook perspective, though, for Super Bowl. This is just like a fun thing, right? What's your guys' favorite obscure Super Bowl prop bet option? Uh, well, the obscure um, prop bet option that we want is we don't want the Rams to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Mike could explain, I, although Mike, uh, Mike, and Mike, Mike really on thinks the Rams. Yeah, the Rams is where we're, where we're going to get beat up. That's really bad. the only team that we have big liability to for the Super Bowl, and it's because of his Detroit connection, his Michigan connection, which leads us. Done a lot of bad paths, but they all flooded in here all to the bet. Oh, I was wondering where they Stafford. We got to bet in. the Rams, Stafford, yeah, our yeah. savior. Yeah. You know, and so they did. And yeah. they bet them, and, and you know, and suddenly every Vison personality has a Rams ticket too, which is amazing. But uh, yeah, a I lot have a Forty Nineers ticket. I'm not biased um, at all. <laughs> what either. price? Thirty to one. Nice. Right here Very at good. Circus Sportsbook. Are you hedging at all? No. 
I'm all not. The way. I'm it, your ride or die is, Niners. Yes, and it, it's so frustrating for myself because I did bet them plus three and a half. I did bet the money line. I do have my thirty to one Super Bowl ticket, and I'm ready to go. Have you been? Have you been betting them along the way? Take the points against the Cowboys. Take the points against the the Packers. Indeed. 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 <laughs> but hey, how cool has it been? Cool or has it been frustrating for you to watch Matt Stafford with the Rams doing what he's doing? As oh no. I- I'm I'm like almost every Detroit Lion fan. The Rams was Rams was our team from the beginning of the year. We 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 love Matt Stafford. We like uh, as a true Lions fan, you love you loved his wife Kelly. You love what he's doing, and and uh, and true Lions fans are all uh, are all rooting for Matt Stafford. There's no question. Nobody wants okay. a Calvin Johnson. Nobody wants a Barry Sanders. Everybody wants to see wants to see a, a Lion win it. You can't ask a Detroit sports fan like this if they get frustrated if. Their players do well somewhere else. Every Tiger pitcher's won a Cy Young somewhere else. I mean, that's true. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I speaking of just Detroit. Now that I've got this on my mind, we were doing. Um, I know you guys obviously had the Circus Survivor winners um, announced in their check presentations recently, and I was doing this little like talk back thing about the Survivor contest, and I all of a sudden had to be flooded back with just the dreaded uh-huh. memory of my Week Ten. 16 to 16 tie exit at the hands of Detroit. There's surveillance footage of your father discussing that link. (laughs) That's that's gonna make it good. You have no idea how often like I give. I I have to talk to my dad. Okay, next time you come to Circa, we gotta like leave Derek alone. All right, we gotta leave Derek be. Stormy, this was an honor following Danielle Alvari today. One of the really true Mount Rushmore figures of my guys in the desert, along with Ron Flatter, Dave Farah, and uh, Brent Musburger. I love Danielle. I'm actually coming on the LA CityCast <laughs> this week with her, so a little my guys and LA. <laughs> Danny Burke's next. Stay tuned.